Hey, welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. It's good to be with you this morning. Thanks for letting me release this a couple days late. We had a celebration with the family this weekend, and uh, I just needed a few days to get my stuff together. But Keith was right there in support. We talk about what's happening with this Black Widow Scarlett Johansson lawsuit with Disney, and really wondering, is this an actress-only situation that's happening? Uh, Dwayne Johnson gave us something to think about. Hello Sunshine, though, Reese Witherspoon's company sold for some buku bucks this week. And uh, that's a really interesting move and opportunities for new um, influencers to play in the field, as well as looking at actors and actresses' careers and how they played themselves out. And lastly, this throwback move with Universal and their Boss Baby release. So exciting stuff. If you're in the film, entertainment, even just curious space, we're happy to have you this morning. And here's Hollywood Franks. Well, so my niece was asking me yesterday about the um, Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. Yes. And uh, what was interesting is, is she made a conclusion mm -hmm. about, well, she, what she asked me was, is, you know, really what happened? What's the details? So I kind of explained to her the details of it. And then she said, she asked what other people that I knew of that might be having this issue. And I, I listed actresses only. Those are the only ones I knew about. And she came out and said, is it only the actresses? And I was like, I don't gotta be honest with you. I'm trying to draw. I'm wondering that same conclusion. I, I vocalized yeah. my concern that it's kind of only the actresses and that are kind of dealing with this situation. So I don't, I don't really know. I'd love to get into it. Maybe it's too small of a base to understand that, but there's something happening there. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, because there's been some developments over the course of the last week, you know, you had, we had Brian Lord who released a very, I guess the word is well, well-worded statement in terms of defending uh, Scarlett and sh basically shaming Disney for their treatment of her by saying, Oh, you're so callous doing this during COVID. Oh, and by the way, you oh, already yeah. made 20 million. So gross. Um, That's yeah. Gross. And so it, it's nice to see that there is someone stepping up. We've talked a lot about on this podcast, how there's a sort of a lack of leadership in the industry right now. And Brian Lord has sort of always been the behind the scenes guy. And now he's stepping forward and saying, no, 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 I'm not behind the scenes anymore. I'm here and I'm defending my client. Now, you know, the flip side of that is also, do you think he'll never work with Disney again and vice versa? Disney will never work with see it. No, like that's just not realistic, but right. there are definitely some lines being drawn. And it, it is interesting that a lot of it's, it's been mostly on the actress side that this is, this issue has sort of brought been brought to the fore. You know, you talk about Emma Stone and Cruella. She's making noise about that. And interesting enough, with Jungle Cruise, uh, you know, there was rumors that Emily Blunt was unhappy. But then right. Dwayne Johnson comes out with an Instagram post a couple of days ago saying, you know, he's happy with, you know, I'm happy to provide the opportunity for people to see it in theaters, which is where you should see it, by the way. But, oh, by the way, I'm also happy that people can see it at home. They don't have to be worried about it. And it's interesting that he, you know, that's, the, he's not. It's obviously a PR of, post, right? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that someone at Disney reached out to him and said, Hey, could you post this? Right. I mean, cause a lot of the times actors don't really, even talent don't really make moves like this unless it's somewhat coordinated, be it through his PR rep or, you know, through the studio. Um, and, and it's interesting because it, it really is sort of only on the actress side. And I think it really sort of, belays the fact that there's still a lot of work to do in this industry in terms of, you know, figuring out the value of, uh, you know, what talent is worth. Um, but it's also interesting that you haven't really heard a lot of the Avengers assembling around Scarlet and her beefs. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if like there's other deals at play. So their agents or managers saying, hey, don't let's just not get involved. Because uh, well, the other the, the, Charlotte might the, be her the, last movie, right? But others yeah, well, might. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are done. Like they're not yeah. doing any more movies with well, supposedly not doing any more movies with Marvels. There's this new What If series on Disney Plus, which has a lot of the talent, voice talent of the original Avengers. I don't know if Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are involved in that, but Chris Hemsworth is still part of the universe technically. That he still has one more movie coming out. And it's interesting that we haven't really heard anything from him. And the only yeah. one who's really spoken out and said anything is David Batista from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Otherwise, everyone else has been fairly quiet. I, I think it's more like we don't want to upset the Apple cart. And this is what happens when you have five studios that dominate Hollywood. You have well, five I can people, think of some other possible scenarios that where that you have every actor might have their own contract. So it might, they might or might not be able to relate to that. Yeah. You know, they're, they don't yet know what the impact mm -hmm. is because it happened, hasn't happened to them yet. Um, right. They can be, uh, you know, politically, um, I was going to say skewed, but politically focused in a certain area that they actually believe this is a very important thing to keep the, mm -hmm. the split release for the pandemic reasons. So yeah. there might be different motivations behind that. I, I, I'll give them some grace and understanding, but I'm kind of with you. Like there are probably more voices out there that know this. And I, when I said last week, I almost feel like this can be a SAG issue. Like someone's going to have to step up and say, Hey, you can't really change the rules right in the middle of people's contract. And let's have a, yeah. let's have a, a total contract we can work with together. Yeah. Cause these, and, these major studio conglomerates, they need someone major to push <laughs> against them. Yeah, and SAG actually, Gabriel, Gabriela Carteris, Cateris, I think that's how you say her name. I only know her as Andrea from 90210. <laughs> <laughs> she came out and said uh, that, uh, you know, this the way they treat it, Scott, is horrible. And then obviously the, the, there's an election coming up. I think the ballots go out in like a week or two for a new president of SAG. And obviously this is going to be a big issue sure. um, in terms of how this is going to play out in the future because – you know, listen, Disney's coming out and saying, listen, this, this is not how it's in her contract that she's supposed to, this is supposed to be dealt through arbitration, not through public lawsuits. We have right of, you know, where we want to release the project, which very well may be, but it's also, if it's in the contract that she was obligated this, then that they're, they're forced yeah. to honor that. And it well, doesn't just, just go from a big conglomerate. It goes down to like a basic contract issue, which is sort of not to get too technical, but sort of a foundation of this country in mm. terms of a contract being honored. And if there are sort of disagreements on what that contract means, that's what the courts are for. But if it does literally say she has the right, you know, she is entitled to a theatrical release of a certain expectation, then it's on her team to prove that, you know, with a Marvel movie, this is the expectation. But so it, 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 yeah. there's a lot of intricacies happening here, but I think it, it does go to show that this whole, it, what this means for the future is 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 definitely sort of an, a question that I well, think is yet to be answered. My BS meter goes up when they start spinning it against something else. When they, <laughs> yes. you know, it's like, oh, the red herrings of, well, doesn't she know it's a pandemic? And oh, shame on her for only worrying about money. And like, this yeah. is the largest money grabbing contract fighting institution yeah. there is yeah right. they they know the game they're playing and that and to really try to use shame against mm -hmm. somebody is absolutely ridiculous at this you know yeah we oh, know, i agree this is not yeah. this is gross i have to say though you know the the reese witherspoon 
Mm. Um, thing that's happening contra that <laughs> like this creates a new kind of understanding a model of like yeah how it really what it really takes and and the opportunity yeah. that many people have to be doing this mm-hmm. so you know almost yeah as a contradiction to what's going on you know, what what's happened to her with hello sunshine is pretty amazing yeah i mean she sold or she sold her production company hello sunshine um for a staggering amount of 900 million although it wasn't technically totally 900 million about 500 million i believe was to buy out the investors, the original investors in Hello Sunshine, and about 400 uh, to buy equity in the company. Now, it, it was bought out by um, Tom uh, Tom Mayer, I think is his name. I'm blanking. And Tom Staggs. Kevin Meyer, thank you to Lydia, our behind-the-scenes producer, for correcting me. Both former Deeds and the Execs who were passed over for the top job, and they were backed by Blackstone, which is a major investment yeah. bank firm but they're they're committed to building sort of a, a sort of a multimedia company with reese and you know listen she's very talented in that regard she's very um, determined and it also showcases that as the formulas of talent start to shift and the studios are going to be like listen we're not throwing you huge paychecks anymore they have to start building other avenues of of revenue based on their brand, you know, so Reese has started Hello Sunshine, which is a production company, but also she has a book group and then she's starting a podcast company. You look at someone like Orion Reynolds, who started a marketing company, which he then sold. And he also has a gin company. And then he also has a, uh, a wireless company. So, and right. Dwayne Johnson has a tequila company. Well, pretty much every actor talent has, has a tequila, tequila right now. That's not really original, but You get the sense that they realize that because their paydays decrease, and what a lot of people don't realize is when you get paid as an actor, there's like three or four, depending on how many people you have supporting you, there are a lot of people who are taking a nice chunk of change out of that that payday, 10% here, 15% there. Yeah, you may, and then then the government gets their cut, and it's, at the end of the day, given how sporadically they may work, it's not necessarily a steady flow. So they have to use their sort of um, popularity in the culture and yeah. the brand in the culture to build out avenue, other uh, streams of revenue so they can sort of be a business in and of themselves because they are ultimately a brand. And I think Reese is very smart. She got out early. She knew that there were content players or content makers who were looking for brands to attach themselves to. And this gives her the opportunity to, to show up with a lot more funding to build out the brand as she sees fit and ultimately do a lot more things, I think, beyond just producing a show here and there. She's, like I said, she has a book club. She's probably going to, you know, there's, they're getting involved in podcasting. So it really is going to be a true multimedia co- uh, 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 company. And I think she's going to follow a lot in similar footsteps to what Ryan Reynolds has done with, with you know, some of his ancillary businesses. I, you know, Really, this it's such a smart play for these uh, heavy actors and actresses to take advantage of. I mean, really, the influencer mm-hmm. marketplace has yep. been theirs forever. We just they were always just hired as actors and actresses and and being paid every time the commercial runs or something like that. Now to own the brand inside of it, put their name yep. and their own brand behind it is really amazing. And uh, you know, kudos to to Reese because there is a like a huge movement that she's going to be able to take advantage of. Really what, you know, we like to talk about here is just what the trend change is that mm-hmm. Hollywood could could now evolve into. And this is clearly a great move. It almost yeah. makes you wonder what Hollywood and these, these influencers are going to be like 10 years from now. 
and that mm-hmm. influencer marketplace coming into Hollywood and Hollywood becoming influencers. It's just, you know, celebrity is, is the thing that we're, we're trying to capture as much as possible. Yeah. So, so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, cause we've talked a lot about how the day of the movie star and celebrity has shifted. And, and I think this is a way for them to still try to control sort of the cultural power they have, because, you know, back in the day, they were just basically, you know, employees for hire and, you know, the studio would use them however they saw fit to promote the movie. And, you know, they would do an occasional promotional ad or whatever, most likely in a foreign country because they didn't want to ruin their brand here. But now you see a lot of actors and talent taking control of their brand and using it to build out other ancillary businesses, which I think is very smart because as celebrity shifts and sort of the idea of a movie star is fading away you can't just rely on whatever ha- show you're having to produce and the vanity deals of, Oh, I have a producing deal at Warner brothers. Yeah. Everybody and their brother has a producing deal at Warner brothers. So it's like, if you're not distinguishing yourself and that can be one part of the pie, but the other side is, you know, Reese now can be more independent and choose how she wants to, you know, use her influence and brand to build out other avenues that she would like to explore. So yeah, it's it's so great because you know the Hollywood space has a lot of opportunity and some power, honestly, to to do things. Like there are influential people in in the marketplace. We've seen, you know, some of it turning out to be bad behavior, and I think the <laughs> bad behavior yeah. Hollywood guy or Hollywood yes. uh, actress has been around since I don't know the nineteen twenties or whatever. Like we we already know. You know, some of those are what Access Hollywood and those uh, entertainment mm. magazines are about, really, is to cover some of that yeah. stuff, people's magazine. Um, but to uh, to know what the business of show business really is is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I'm I'm often curious what makes the difference. Like, why do some celebrities or or well known talent? How do they know when to take advantage of something like Reese Witherspoon has or um, when do, why do not all of them have that opportunity? You know, like why do some, some of them pass it up or, and only just stay as an actor and actress. So that, that business move is always such an interesting one for me to understand for that creative career. It's, it's a yeah. interesting kind of thing. Well, I think it, it also is a lot of them, you know, take advantage of the fact that they ultimately are entrepreneurs in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And I think yeah, I guess that's that right. is what really distinguishes some from the others. Like some are just basically, a lot of them just want to be famous and, you know, make cash the big check and live the entourage lifestyle. But other of them want more than that. Cause I think when you get into sort of actors, like take Reese and Ryan, for example, as if I know them, you know, yeah. um, so hard. my buddies, Reese and Ryan. Right. So if you look at both of them, they've been working forever for a long time. They started young. They've both done sort of, you know, their offshoot, cheap you know like ryan reynolds did a lot of really low budget comedies reese has done things on tv and you know she did her stint in uh you know horror movies and what have it what how it have you but i think what they realize is that the fame and all that comes with it is only is fleeting mm-hmm. and it can go in a second and especially with as i said the power of the movie star fading away i think it um it, it they they've taken the right tack and realized well I have an opportunity here I need to take advantage of it and find other avenues that I find more satisfying sure. than just simply acting in front of the camera yeah it's and, so smart you know, it's it's a it great is very smart yeah um, so I know 
from some of the comments you made beforehand that you were really impressed by this boss baby marketing rollout. Um, yes. There is some, like we'll say like throwback move that they've done really to, to yeah. promote that film and, and kudos to them. They're getting some major results. Uh, yeah. From- yeah. The, uh, the enter- entertainment strategy guy who, again, I, 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 I tout his work on this podcast quite often. If you aren't subscribed to his newsletter, you should be. Uh, he's very data driven and it's fascinating to read his analysis and he kind of digs deep to find out what exactly Netflix is doing when they're not really telling everybody what they're doing. And he has some really insightful columns. And one of his from this past week was basically like, you know, traditional marketing still works like big time theatrical marketing, which is what we used to do pre pandemic um, still works. And I think Boss Baby, the sequel to Boss Baby, showed that it can have ancillary benefits downstream. And Entertainment Strategy Guy had a chart, I think, that showed that their show on Netflix for Boss Baby sort of had an uptick um, pre and post release. And that's what you want to see. You want to see those kinds of brand growth, because if you're building a brand like that, like a Boss Baby, then that's kind of what you need. And I think they benefited from sort of not pulling back and saying, oh, well, this is just a streaming release, so we need to you know, cut back the marketing budget. I honestly don't know what Universal spent, but the fact that you know it seems to have been somewhat of a success shows that you know traditional marketing still does have a place, sort of well, even in I the like dual that release move. strategy. I like that move from Universal because they have all these the platforms like Comcast, what they what they do and how they focus on all the platforms. Peacock. For them to, yep. yeah, for them to take advantage of of all of it and what they call that the golden what symphony. They call that? Golden symphony. The symphony. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to understand that, leverage that, and focus that is, is pretty amazing. It's almost like you're saying that they, they've experimented with their old marketing models. And mm-hmm. turns out they got they still got better results doing it somewhat in a, a traditional way with a theatrical marketing and, and push, yep. just mm-hmm. a platform push, than just simply relying on, on a platform. Which is really cool if you think about that. The difference between Comcast and Netflix, Netflix does not have Peacock, NBC, you know, theatrical and 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 you know, in the park kind of movement. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of shows the difference of play of a, of an older studio over this kind of new, just straight OTT platforms. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it 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 really is sort of the opportunity to showcase that things can't th- while things are changing. Some things don't have to change, and they've they've done a very f- effective job with the Symphony by pushing out, you know, Boss Baby to all their ancillary channels. They had the promo for the Olympics as well, Peacock, and they've always been very effective at this. And as a company, and I think this goes to show that the, you know some of the old methods and ways of you know really reaching your audience still apply, despite the fact that you know you have it on an OTT platform and in theaters at the same time, and that can help to increase your revenue, obviously, um, if you get people to be more aware of the title. And I think because everyone assumes that you're going to make necess- might necessarily be, be less because you're not necessarily doing a fully theatrical release, you want to pull back on your marketing spend. But obviously, Boss Baby shows that that might not necessarily be the best strategy. Interesting. And it also, as a matter of fact, I remember seeing the trailer for Boss Baby in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, in my in my mind, it registers as a movie because I saw the a tra- a, a movie trailer in a movie theater instead of mm-hmm. simply what turns out to be a, a commercial on TV. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that has some weight to it of like how you present your film and what and how you want it to be weighed in in your audience's mind of like no let's let's call it a movie let's act like a movie let's put it as at his movie and therefore now you get a a large brand built around that and it's somewhat a franchise brand for for Boston yeah Pretty yeah cool. absolutely and I think that again it's just it's really smart and then we can you know I'll, I'll just pivot this real quick to Suicide Squad this past week which did not do perform well, it underperformed, but this also goes to show that sometimes a brand can be somewhat damaged. Um, mm-hmm. The last Suicide Squad was not very well received and they obviously suffered some ancillary uh, result from that, from sort of this, the reception of the previous version, um, if you will, or the, the previous film. Um, and, it, you know, it, it just goes to show that, you know, if maybe if, uh, Warner's had sort of leaned in to sort of say, Hey, this is not what the blast one was. This is a different, totally different MO. Um, maybe that would have helped to shift the, the balance. A little sure. bit. So yeah. The New, York Times to consider. Of, the New York Times review of suicide squad was joke, joke, bang, bang. And then it says, that's pretty much the review. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty brilliant. I love it. <laughs> And you almost feel like, wasn't well, that the same as Deadpool? But for some reason, yeah, yeah, the difference between them. A lot is, of the yeah, tongue-in-cheek comedy movies uh, are he- superhero movies these days. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. The, the evolution of what we mean by a hero, I think, is somewhat challenged. I don't know what's yes. why Suicide, Suicide, Suicide Squad is not um, doesn't stick the same way as, as Deadpool. But um, I think some of that well, joking is... Yeah. And I think there is one thing, and this is uh, another thing that sort of highlights the the changing era in which we are in, but you think about R rated movies. If you're over, if you're under 17, you can't get in, but if your parents have HBO max, you can watch it at home. Um, Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing to consider. Like, even though this was the highest R rate, I mean, you know, again, speaking of spinning, Warner Brothers totally spun it and said, highest R rated movie. And since the pandemic started, like, well, yeah, okay, great. Good for you. Yeah. But uh, highest R rated movie about superheroes that that (laughs) star actress. Right. But how many subcategories can you have? Yeah. it, It highlights the issue that, you know, having it on streaming will present. Like, it's a lot easier for kids to watch um when they uh when they can just watch it at home on hbo max and they don't have to show an id or anything like that so that's really great well mm-hmm. i um i have to say i appreciate you kind of staying up on the trends and and looking <laughs> things through um well you were booging on the dance floor i was hard I at was, work dude, my, <laughs> my thighs are so tired from all the boogie <laughs> I, I was it. joking, awesome. like there's you know those songs that just go like low, 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 low. There must have been five or six of those, and I, and I couldn't <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I couldn't. I just couldn't get any lower. I got to be honest. You like, couldn't get any lower, Tim. Yeah. You know, you, you should have done your stretches beforehand. <laughs> you're gonna pay for it, dude. You're gonna be, more you're like, gonna be walking around. Funny for like, the next no, week. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> no, 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 no. I tried. I really did try. If you saw photos, you'd see me doing it. That was really fun. Well, I appreciate you uh, helping me and pushing this till Monday so I can uh, go to the rehearsal I needed to last Friday. Make it yeah, if any, if any of our fans are complaining that we're late this week, it's because it's him. Like, yeah, it's all my fault. I promise. Throw your hatred all at him, not at me. <laughs> it's not my fault. 
It's all Tim. That's what this appeal is about. Don't be hating. I was busy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wedding, schmetting, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Well, appreciate you. And I appreciate Lydia behind the scenes, making sure we are getting the names right and keep us on track. She's our timer too. So she's the one making sure we're getting all done. So we appreciate you and all that you're doing. Um, Go social team and their big push out there. If you like what you hear, you want to know more, please feel free to contact us. You can DM us through any platform that's out there. And of course, you can watch us and subscribe to us on on your podcast platform as well as right here on YouTube. So um, we appreciate you and the audience out there. Keith, anything coming up we need to know about? We're going to be just talking in four short days. So we're left to wait for for the uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give me a breather, Tim. I mean, I've been, I've been doing all the work for this episode, so you know, I'll do the work this week. I'll see what I let can. Let me, do. let me focus. Let me. Uh, <laughs> with this one, I'll start on Friday's episode. <laughs> right, right. I have to imagine between all the work you do with your clients and then being in Maine and all the lobster eating. You have to. Yes, and yeah, yep, yep, and all the weight I'm putting on. So <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon. See you soon, Tim. <laughs>